the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. What a God, whoever liveth to make intercession for us, for whom the throne of grace is always open for his people to come. There's not one text of scripture that tells you that God is not available. You know, there's nothing like the Old Testament narratives to give us a wonderful allegory or illustration of the truths that are found in the New Testament. And that is precisely what we find in the book of Esther. There are so many typologies, and today we're going to take a look at one of them in the life of Mordecai. We would invite you to join us here in Esther chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. God hath highly exalted him, is the title of our message. We're looking at the life of Mordecai and the decree that overturns the decree, the good one that replaces the bad. With more, here's Pastor Jesse Gastand and today's broadcast of Way of Grace. It's a great thing to be loved. Well, I assert to you that Esther is about to be loved by her husband at such a level as to increase her honor. Why do I say that? Because a gracious woman retaineth honor. Remember what the proverb says? See, we're trying to all be better in our characters by the grace of God, right? We want to be godly women and godly men, don't we? We want to actually be real saints of God. We don't want to be religious folks because religious folks, that's just a facade, right? You can be as white on the outside and as black on the inside, right? As holy on the outside and as wretched on the inside. That's just called religion. What we want to be is authentic believers whose hope is rooted in the realities and the virtues of Jesus Christ, right? And because Christ is in you, the hope of glory, all of his virtues are yours. And over time, we grow in grace and we become what we are, honorable people. That's what we are striving for. Well, Esther is about to receive the reward of being honorable, isn't she? Point number one then, love gives unto its object everything it needs. Look at verse one and verse two again of our text. On that day did King Xerxes, that's the short version of this word, Ahasuerus, okay? It's actually even longer in Persian and very much more difficult for us to say. What does it say? He gave her the house of Haman, the Jews, the Jews' enemy unto Esther, the queen. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was unto her. Verse 1 underscores three points I want you to get. First, an increase in Esther's what? An increase in Esther's honor. Remember what I said to you? If you're an honorable person and you see somebody doing something and they are worthy of you honoring them for it, don't delay honoring them. Let them know that you appreciate what they did. Is that what Xerxes is doing here? Remember Proverbs 3.27? Do not withhold honor from those with whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. 
That's what that word good means, honor. Let them know, give to them, reciprocate to them. And that's what's happening to Esther. This is an amazing foundation that we're about to lay in terms of how you and I overcome evil. Because right now, what Esther and Mordecai are doing is overcoming evil. Remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 12? Do not render evil for evil, but overcome evil with what? And is that not the ethic that Esther and Mordecai are using? And is it not working? And here the king is demonstrating his love to Esther and expanding her glory by virtue of this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, what? Riches and honor. What is Solomon talking about? Wisdom. When you and I walk in wisdom, when we submit to God's word, when we walk with God in his truth, guess what he does? He lengthens our days. In fact, how long does he lengthen our days when we believe on him? For all eternity. We go from death to life, don't we? We go from the curse of sin to eternal life in Jesus Christ. Is that a lengthening of our days? Watch this. Not only that, and in her left hand, this is the left hand, right hand metaphor of the woman who is represented by wisdom, riches, and honor. Has Esther now received riches and honor? Let me see if I can help you with that. Remember Haman, how he talked about all the wealth? And all the glory and all the prominence he had, all the power. He, he used to go home every day, bring everybody, told the same story every time they came over. Let me show you how much money I got, how much land I got, how much property I got, right? Guess who has it now? Guess who has it now? And you know what the word says. The wicked store up and they heap up and they gather and God gives it to him whom he is pleased with. Is that true? It's happening here. I love it. It's a fundamental principle because I want you to gather these principles in your calling with Christ because a lot of times the disconnect between God's blessings in your life and your relationship with God is the obedience that you should render to him or not. The disconnect between God's blessings in your life and God's promises to bless you are really rooted in whether or not you're going to obey him or not. So there are a lot of Christians walking around uh, perceptibly unblessed. But do you know why? They pay God no attention. They don't obey God. They don't walk with God. Why should God fulfill his promises of blessing on a temporary level to you when you won't honor him? So I just want to press that home. Esther honored God. She honored her father. She honored her people. She honored herself. And she honored her king. Look at verse 17 and 18. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are what? This is called wisdom. Verse 18. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that what? Retains her. Now there's another passage in the proverb I want you to get and that's chapter 22 verse 4. So we're doing proverbial passages to lay down the principle of honor so that the narrative that we're dealing with will have a correlation between the principles that Solomon gives. You you, you and I love narratives. We love stories. But we definitely want to see the principles that anchor those stories because they prove God's faithfulness in our life. By humility and the fear of the Lord are what? Riches, what? Honor, and what? Right. You want riches? You want honor, you want life, and humility, do what? Fear the Lord. Do you see it? 
In humility, fear the Lord. Look what this verse does. I'm going to tell you what this verse does. This verse puts the onus of the promise of God on him. This verse puts the onus of the promise of God on him. You know what God says? If you do what I say, I promise you I'll come through. It's on God. But it's also your responsibility to actually walk in that principle to see it come to pass. We're seeing it in our narrative, aren't we? The little slave girl, Esther, is now queen of the world. She was well off already because she married a man that loved her. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And he was already ready to give her half the kingdom. Now, y'all learned what that was, right? India all the way to Ethiopia. That's just the large. Now she's got her enemy's territory. Woo, Esther, you go, girl. You go with your bad self. You go. I love God's word. Sub point B, a transfer of Haman's glory to her. We already enumerated that and we've already acknowledged fundamentally that's how God works. But I do want you to see it in the book of Job chapter 27 verses 13 through 17. That's in your outline, but I want you to see it. Job 27 verse 13. This is the portion of a wicked man with God and the heritage of the oppressor, which they shall receive of the Almighty. Now mark what Job is saying. Now Job is way before Haman, several thousands of years before Haman, but he's talking about Haman and every kind of Haman like him. Notice what it says in verse uh, 14. If his children be multiplied, it is for the what? You're going to see that in chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 9. You're going to see that next chapter. His children will be what? Killed. Ouch. And we'll talk about that next week. Why in the Old Testament, the seed of the antagonist had to be killed also. Because if you don't kill the seed, it rises up again. All right. And we're going to learn something about war next week that you need to know. Right. You need to know how to do and wage war properly. And his offspring shall not be satisfied with bread. Verse 15. Those that remain of him shall be buried in what? And his widow shall not weep. Whoa, that's cold. Think about the widow of Haman. Do you think Zeresh is weeping? Not the way she turned on a dime when she found out that the brother, he was, the people he was trying to tell, she was like, oh, you done, brother. You done. Verse 16. Though he heap up silver as the dust and prepare raiment as the clay. Now, do you know that's, that's a lot of resources. Silver as dust. And raiment as the clay. Verse 17. Here it is. He may prepare it, but the just shall put it on. And the innocent shall divide the what? You know what the Bible says? The meek shall inherit the earth. This is why you want to take the revelation of the invisible God seriously. You want to take the revelation of the invisible God seriously. Now, what is that? It's not a what, it's a who. The revelation of the invisible God is a person. What's his name? And Jesus bears all of the attributes of a good and righteous and holy man, as well as all of the attributes of a good and righteous and holy what? God. And it is to Christ that we look to see those characteristics that we want in our life, because in desiring them, we affirm him. And that's what the father wants us to do. To honor the Father, you've got to honor what? The Son. Now, I want to be just like him, don't you? He's the one told me in Matthew chapter 5, if we walk meekly, we'll inherit the earth. Now, was not Christ meek? 
meek and lowly and riding upon the foal and the uh, foal of an ass. And so we want to understand the virtue and the power of meekness, that counterintuitive disposition of character that keeps us from fighting carnal wars that keeps us from strife and contentions and debates and hostilities and being puffed up and being given over to our own desires and passions and being destructive, essentially, in our conduct. We want to be able to walk in a manner that glorifies God and see the fruit of humility in our life. And so the third subpoint says, authority over her what? So isn't this amazing? Our text says that Xerxes gave to Esther the whole house of Haman. And then we read over in verse 2 and 3 these words. Look at what it says in verse 2. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the what? She has control over her enemies, doesn't she? I love it. So we know that the Old Testament points to the what? That the Old Testament historical narratives of conflicts and battles on a uh, political level and on a practical level point to spiritual battles in the New Testament. Is that right? And Jesus said to the disciples in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, Behold, I give you power over all of the enemy in order that you might subdue them for the purpose of the advancement of the gospel, the glory of God, and the salvation of sinners. That's the warfare I want to talk to you about about next week. Because the real enemy you and I have to deal with is not your neighbor, not white folks and black folks, not political issues or social issues. The real enemy that you and I have to deal with is the devil, the world, and your own fallen nature. And we want to know how to wage that war against Haman for the glory of God and the good of the people of God, do we not? I'm preparing you for next week's chapter because if you read it with carnal eyes today, you're not going to like it. We live in a sort of anti-world sentiment today in our culture because we're so tired of unjust wars, aren't we? We're so tired of battles and conflicts around the world over stuff that we didn't even sign off on. Isn't that right? However, it still doesn't matter. Jesus says in the world, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. It's going to be that way to the end. The issue will always be for you and me is which battle will we fight and how will we fight that battle? Whose side are you on? You see, you can't go AWOL in the spiritual battle. Either you're going to fight for the glory of God in Christ or you're going to be taken by the enemy. And we see that in our narrative. The Jewish people going on about their business, next thing they know, there's a contract out on their life. Isn't that right? They are perplexed. But what we see in our context is that somebody stood in their gap. And did somebody stand in the gap for you? Because you woke up one day, realized you were under the curse of the law. That the wages of sin is what? And the Bible said very plainly, the soul that sinned, it shall die. And the Spirit of God let you and I know that there was a decree against us, a righteous decree to send us to hell. And you know what? In God's good mercy, guess what began to happen in your life and mine? We became perplexed. Hallelujah. I thank God for perplexity, right? See, this is what I mean, that trouble is necessary to wake you up. Because listen, if you are asleep, asleep because you're dead in trespasses and sins, and you don't know that you're at war with God, somebody needs to wake you up. 
wake you up, to help you understand you got a problem, young lady. You got a problem, young man. And the problem's not your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your mama or your daddy. You're at war with God. You're at war with God. I, I never will forget it. The day I heard the word of God for the first time at 17 years old, I could not believe it. What? God is angry with me? And then I'm told that I'm making war against God by the way I live, by the way I thought, by the way I acted. I was breathing God's air, living in God's world, using God's resources and taking his name in vain. I was denying him his glory and daring him to stop me because I was the captain of my own ship. I was the master of my own destiny. I was going to do what I was going to do and nobody was going to stop me. But I met the true and the living God. And he knocked me down on my Damascus road. And he showed me that he was sovereign over all things. And he swept me off my feet. That's what we learned last night. He swept me off my feet. And I discovered that there's a God in heaven that does whatsoever he will in the kingdoms of men. And I had to find myself wrestling with this God that I didn't know. The first work of the Spirit of God is to convince you that you are a hell-bound sinner. Put you in the perplexity that you need when you start negotiating with, how can I fix this issue? The very person that can save me is the one that's damning me. Is that what our narrative is teaching? Gloriously. Somebody got to stand in the gap for you. Somebody got to fight in higher places than you can reach. There's somebody got to love you more than you love yourself. They got to mediate for you. They got to intercede for you. They got to take your place. Bless God for Mordecai and Esther. Isn't that right? Bless God for Mordecai and Esther. Here it is. Here it is. We look at chapter, uh, uh, point number one in uh, chapter eight, verses one and two, and we see that love gives unto its object everything that it needs in order that the object of its love might thrive and survive. See, I just, I am so impressed with Xerxes because he gets it. Now, now stay with me. He's a man just like we're men and women. And he makes mistakes like we all make. You're going to throw him under the bus because he makes mistakes? If you do, you got to get under the bus with him. See, be careful that you don't walk around with a kind of self-righteous prism. Be honest now. Don't you choose wrong friends from time to time. And don't they betray you and don't they turn their back on you. And have you not failed your friends from time to time? Have you not woke up realizing I did it wrong? I messed up. And you got to go back and fix it. And doesn't it take grace to go back and fix it? I'm telling you, Xerxes, he gets it. Listen, when that brother got up the other day during the party, because you know he liked to party. When he got up the other day, when he took his drink out with him, he was just thinking, now this dude lied to me. And then he drew out all the implications. And you know what he said before he went in? I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. See, that's what grace allows you to do. Grace doesn't keep you from making mistakes. Grace graces you to fix those mistakes. And that's what Xerxes is doing. He's fixing it. He's fixing it. Point number two. Let's keep it going. Point number two. Reverse the curse upon my people. Now, what you don't know is that verses three through five, which we're about to read, 
read is the next test of Esther because her husband has freely given her the right to kill Haman and to take out his house. But that didn't solve the ultimate problem for which she came to him. And this teaches us again about the nature of love, which I really don't think we fully get in Western Christianity. See, love is not about you. Esther didn't go into the presence of the king the first time for her. She got to go back this time. She got to pull that card out, doesn't she? She got to swipe that card again and see if it'll pay off, not for her now, but for her people. Here it goes, verse 3. Notice what verse 3 says. And Esther spake again before the king and fell down at his feet and besought him with what? She was serious, wasn't she? I love Esther and also I love the king because they're real people to me. They're real people to me. Real people to me. The king has a kind of love that's immutable. In other words, if he loves you, you're good. That's the kind of person you want in your life. You want people who love you with a, a, a steadfast love, a consistent love that can endure your foibles, that can handle your mistakes, that don't just take the credit card back because you looked at them the wrong way. Y'all understand what I'm getting at? And that's how God is with us. He's not going to take the credit card back just because you looked the wrong way, just because you woke up with an attitude and you forgot to pray. You know how some days you forget to pray? Oh, Lord, I forgot to pray today. God's good with all that. He's not going to take the credit card away. Some of y'all going to get that in a moment. He's not going to take the credit card away. He's going to still let you come to him and pray for what you need, and God's going to come through because God's a good God anyway. Is that true? Don't you frequently thank God for doing stuff for you that you didn't even ask for? And you definitely need, need to be thanking him for doing stuff for you that you don't deserve. Because you be messing it up. I'm going to tell you, you be messing it up. You be mess. You, be, you really need to worship God more. You need to thank God more. You need to pursue him more radically. And he still blesses you in your raggedy response to him. He's just like Xerxes. He's going to give you the card because he loves you. My prayer is that you learn how to take the card and slide that card. Make your request known unto God. Call upon the Lord in the time of trouble. He will hear you. You will glorify him and he will deliver you. Won't he do it? Will he come through? You better learn how to use that card. God help my people. Listen to what she says. She falls down at his feet with tears to put away the mischief of Haman the Agagite and his device that he had devised against the Jews. Then the king held out his golden scepter towards Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king. Stop at verse 4. Just, just want to mark this right quick. He's the same dude now that he was a chapter ago. He's the same dude now that he was two chapters ago. Whenever he sees that, go, that girl, that scepter goes out. Girl, come on in here. Ugh. What a God. Whoever liveth to make intercession for us, for whom the throne of grace is always open for his people to come. There's not one text of scripture that tells you that God is not available. Not one text of scripture. His scepter is held out all the time for you that are his. Is that true? In fact, God wants you to come, and most of the time you don't come. 
That's how you get in trouble because you're working it out yourself instead of going to the counsel of God, talking to God about it, and then asking for help to work it through. See, really God is about fellowship. He's about communion. He lets you get in trouble because he likes talking to you. Some of y'all going to get it in a moment. Right. He lets you get into trouble because he's like, oh, oh, how you doing? I see you ain't hollered at me in a minute. I, I think it must have been going well because I ain't got a text. I ain't got a car. I ain't got an email in three months from you. Now that you're in trouble, you want to talk. That's okay. I'm glad to have you on the phone. I've been waiting on you. So what's going on, sister girl? What's going on, brother? Holler at me. I'm glad to be here. I ain't got nothing else to do but talk with you as long as you want to talk. See, so Xerxes is used by the Spirit of God to carve out a noble king representing our God and representing our Savior in his love for his bride, the church. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday schools at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m., for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. If you're trying to tom-tom us or uh, Google us for the map, you can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510 886 9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510-886-9782 or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.